You're listening to the Creating a Brand podcast. I am your host, Alex Sanfilippo. Would you like to bring in income with a website? I know that sounds super salesy, but I don't have a sales pitch for you here. It's just another episode. Don't worry. Today's conversation is all about creating a website that makes money. We're going to talk about how you can position your website to bring in money through sponsorships, affiliate marketing, and promoting your own product and services. Today's episode is about building content that drives traffic because that is the foundation for being able to bring in an income with a website. Now, as I mentioned during this episode... Many marketers promise you that you'll start making money in minutes of launching a website, and this just isn't true. And if you look at the reviews, you can tell that people are saying, this isn't true, this doesn't work. So when I was searching for the right guest or guests for this topic, I discovered Jim and Ricky from IncomeSchool.com. They have outstanding reviews and a great reputation and a true desire to help people, and that's the type of guest that I want to talk to on the Creating a Brand podcast. So let's not wait any longer. Here is my interview with Jim and Ricky about creating a website that makes money. guys behind IncomeSchool.com. Ricky and Jim, how are you guys doing? Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Awesome. We're fired up. Glad to be talking with you. There was two things I want to mention before we even get started um, that I believe is really rare in today's world that both of you guys really possess. Um, First off, you guys have a desire to help others succeed. Helpful is honestly an understatement. Like just going through your YouTube channel alone, you guys have just a desire to help people succeed in life and in business. And a lot of that just happens to be in your space, which is online building websites to make money. But you guys are out there just to add as much value as possible. So I have to say, as one of your fans, I really, really appreciate that you guys are just so transparent. And kudos to you both for just being transparent in that way and helping so many people. Absolutely. Thanks, Alex. Thanks. We love it. We're kind of addicted to creating content around here. <laughs> yep, that's good. It's great. The other thing I really like that I wanted to mention is that you guys are realistic. Um, I have not found your YouTube video about how to make a million dollars in the next 10 minutes by building a website today. Oh, um, really? And we're coming out with that one on Monday. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It was just a few days ago, actually. So this is very timely. I got an email. I don't know how I ended up on this email list. I'm not going to say the, the marketer's name. But he said... I'm going to teach you how to build a website and by tomorrow make $48,000. I was like, you know, I I know it's not realistic unless I already have some massive following of some sort that I've already got products. I'm just rolling out another one. Sure. But starting from day one, that's not realistic. And what I like about you guys is you are not telling people how to, to just live a dream potentially, or just kind of hit the jackpot. You're telling people how to work hard and be able to actually monetize and build a website that makes money. So I really appreciate the realisticness that you guys have. That's really what I want to talk about in this conversation today. You guys have something that you call Project 24. I'd love it if you begin kind of running us through some high level points within Project 24. Yeah, so we called it Project 24 for exactly the reason you're talking about. I think 24 months is a realistic timeline for someone to work hard on creating a content business online and to at that point have it replace their full-time income with money from passive income websites. Is everybody going to succeed in 24 months? No, just like any business, it takes hard work and skill. Uh, But I think that is a realistic timeline. We got eaten up when we first announced project 24 i mean people were just trashing us online saying like 24 months like this is the slowest path to success ever (laughs) like everything today is like the two-month plan the 60-day plan the 30-day plan and we're like no it's like let's plan on 24 months uh it's by no means a guarantee but uh and and we've had plenty of members of our course who have achieved you know full-time income way sooner than that 
But still, we stick with that Project 24 because I feel like that's a realistic goal to create an online business. Yeah, I would say one of the um, sort of foundational pieces, it's it's not something we talk about a ton even inside Project 24, but it is foundational. And that's the timeline. We've created a timeline of expectations for our for members of Project 24 that if you're creating a brand new website, you know, a blog from scratch, here is like, if you follow this sort of publishing schedule and you create this kind of content, here is about what you might be able to expect in terms of traffic and in terms of income. And of, of course, that's going to vary from industry to industry. So it's, it's just kind of an average, but man, that has helped so many members because um, they get three months in and they're like, man, I'm not making anything yet. I must be failing. And you're right. like, no, 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 no. Like, it's just like that hitting that, we call it the hockey stick growth curve, right? It's with that, that shape, that sudden like jump in traffic, like it's just around the corner. You just have to keep moving forward. And by setting that expectation, I think a lot of people um, are able to work through those hard phases in the very beginning where just nothing seems to be happening. Yeah. It's, it's that six month mark that is so hard for people. We call it the ghost town. Cause it's like, it's like you're the mayor of a ghost town trying <laughs> yes. to get people to move into your city. And you're like, hello, is anybody out there? <laughs> like you're writing these blog posts, but nobody's reading them. You're making YouTube videos, but nobody's watching them. And it just feels like you're the mayor of a ghost town. It's so discouraging. And we saw so many people that had written, you know, 50 pieces of excellent content uh, over the course of six months. And then we're putting their site up for sale and just saying, ah, this didn't work. But if anybody wants to buy my articles and we're like, hold on, like as after we've built so many sites, it's like it's that eight month mark where we really see Google to just like suddenly like, OK, you're a real thing. And they start mm -hmm. and it's just really starts to see a nice ramp of traffic around that 35 week mark. And so we just saw so many people quitting just a little bit too soon. YouTube, you can grow way faster than a blog, but both are good opportunities. And you'll notice that he didn't say $48,000 overnight. Right. Yes. <laughs> you know, I'm still waiting for it, guys. I'm still I waiting know, to hear that. <laughs> as soon as we crack the as soon as we crack the code on how to legitimately do that, we'll we'll be telling you all. I about. actually figured out the code already. I'll tell you guys right now and for all of our listeners, this is free advice for you. Delete everything you have online, go become a Hollywood A-list actor, then remake a website, social media and all that. I guarantee you, I'll get a million followers overnight. You got to be an A-list actor first, though. It's, it, it works genius. every time, I think. So. And then marry a model <laughs> and course. play professional sports on the side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all that just it goes hand in hand. But then it's easy, sure. you know, from there. Yeah, so, from there. Um, no, anyway, you guys have some really good, some good points here. And I love, again, the realisticness of it. Now, why do you think it takes that 35 weeks that you talk about? What is, is there a reason or like an algorithm behind that? What are your thoughts on it? Spam. Yeah, it's a question of, um, you know, Google trusting the content on your website. When you start a new website, you're, just, you're a nobody to Google, right? They have no reason to know that you're an authoritative source. And so it just takes time and it takes testing and it takes, you know, people actually interacting with your content and Google seeing that for them to, to start to give it, you know, some trust. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people call that the sandbox. I'm, I have air quotes and making air quotes with my fingers. Um, right. There's not like an official sandbox period. Google has said that's not a real thing. But for a brand new website, there's just a certain amount of time required for Google to organically be able to test your content. Some people try to bust through that a lot faster by just building a ton of links to your website. 
But that can be a really dangerous game if you don't do it just right. And mm-hmm. honestly, it can be a pretty massive waste of time um, if you have a limited amount of time to spend on your website in a day. So I th- that's what's going on there. Yeah. Now, if I have a product or service that I'm selling, you guys are really talking about creating content con- consistently, which I want to get into in a little bit here. But if I have a product yeah. or service, should, is it better for me just to go the ad route and just start doing PPC on, on search engines or start going to social media and paying for advertisements as well? Is that a better route for me to go for a product or service? Or do you still say I need to be creating ongoing content perhaps through a blog? They're both, I mean, they're both good ways to do it. And with some products, I probably would go a paid ad route. What I would say about paid ads is it's the big leagues. There are a lot of companies spending a lot of money on ads. And if they can can trade a dime for a quarter, they're going to do it with huge budgets. And so ads are expensive. And often we find when we're running ads that, ah, it just... The ROI just isn't quite there. So yeah. sometimes, especially with a physical product um, or a really compelling offering, sometimes you can do it and paid ads can be awesome. But for somebody new to internet marketing, that's probably the last route I would encourage you to go is paid ads because it's expensive and most people aren't going to be able to figure out how to make it pay off. Some will and so, and a lot of people definitely should get involved in the game. But as your first step, I probably wouldn't do that. And I would add, if you, you know, again, if you have a product that you're trying to sell uh, and you don't want to wait and go through all that effort to create all that content, um, there's another, there are other options, right? Um, using existing influencers who have a captive audience um, because they've created a bunch of content that's relevant. You know, uh, if you can find a YouTuber or a blogger in the space that's already an influencer that already has a good audience, um, you you could probably leverage that audience, pay them a lot less than you would pay in ads to get a much higher return. Um, some bloggers are really, really, really savvy with that. And it could be just as expensive as paid ads. But we're finding that there are a lot of YouTubers that have no idea how much their channels are worth. They just have a captive audience. And right. so um, honestly, th- there's a lot of times where you can you know, do some kind of collaboration or some kind of uh, paid sponsorship of a video. Um, you know, not just the, hey, this video is sponsored by whatever, but actually like getting the, the YouTube, the creator to, uh, to use the product or to show the product in the video. Um, that can have a really similar effect as having your own audience, but without having to go through the work of creating your own. Uh, and it, it just can be really inexpensive to do, especially with YouTubers that just have no idea what their channels are worth. In general, would you recommend that new website creators work directly with YouTube channels and social media influencers? In general, but it's it's so hard to say yeah. that like definitively because there are some people that come to us, you know, asking to create a content marketing strategy and we're like, yeah, I don't think I would do that. Like um, trying to think of a good example. Oh yeah, we worked with a lady who was trying to sell uh, soap, like kind of hand, hand uh, homemade kind of soaps, organic-y mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and we're like, yeah, I don't think you should do content marketing. I think you should mail. I, I, you should. I don't think you should do your own content marketing. In I should say, I think you should take this awesome soap and mail it out to like four hundred influencers on YouTube and ask them to to mention it on their on their channel. I just don't think it's. I mean, you could build up a soap community, but I just think that she would get right. much faster results by using the YouTubers who are already out there who have no idea how to monetize their channels. Yeah, that's 
really smart. I mean, you're giving them a free product, which is a much lower cost. So you're talking about sending right. 400 because your cost is lower instead of spending money, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with advertising or something else. It's, it's a great way to do it. Very smart. And people do just have that feeling of like, oh, I received something from you. I want to reciprocate that. You know, I'm going to help you out. If I really enjoy you the soap. You have cleaned my body. Yeah. I must market your product. <laughs> and, and it might just be like, hey, guys, I got this awesome soap in the mail. And it really is awesome. You should check it out. Like that in a video from an influencer that talks just about beauty products or whatever actually could go a long way toward driving sales. Creating a Brand just launched something new for you. We released 15 online courses on our website, six of which are free and require no registration. Our courses cover a wide range of topics from blogging to podcasting, winning at networking, personal development, and so much more. Ultimately, each course is designed to help you succeed while saving you time and money. I want to challenge you to enroll in one of these courses today. Please visit creatingabrand.com slash courses to get started. In addition, if you enroll in one of our premium courses, you'll receive free access to all current and future courses, plus a membership to the Creating a Brand community where you can connect directly with me and with other entrepreneurs. If you're ready to take the next step in your life or in business, please visit creatingabrand.com slash courses and enroll today. Let's get back to some content creation here because I think that that's kind of a big way for people to create a website that's going to actually bring an income and and make money. How much content should people be producing? Let's say I have a blog attached to a product website. Is it I should be posting every day, every week, every month? What do you say is kind of like a good rule of thumb if there is one? Okay, let's get into this, but... It's also time to get down to some secret sauce here. (laughs) We'd like to share some cool stuff that we've found after producing, I mean, thousands upon thousands and thousands of blog posts over the years, like uh, the things that are working for us to actually get traffic. Okay, so how how much content do you need? Our goal with any new blog post is to get a thousand page views per month from that. So if I have a hundred articles on the site, I'd like to get it to be getting a hundred thousand page views on the site. Now there are like a two dozen variables that that ignores, right? Sometimes you're in a niche that's very easily monetizable, but it's going to be hard to get the traffic. And so even a hundred a month, you'd be happy with for one article. But just in general, we've got to have some kind of barometer. Sometimes we have sites far exceed it. Sometimes we have sites far underperform. But in general, that's our barometer. I wouldn't create fewer than 30 blog posts before even letting up slightly on the accelerator. We see some of our members who just kind of have a slower pace, don't quite get to it as much as they would like to. And, you know, go seven months and it took them seven months to create those 30 articles. And we do find that it just, it doesn't create the momentum, especially the link velocity um, that Google would like to see for a growing solid site. And so sometimes if we see content trickled out just too far, uh, we just don't see those sites taking off, even if they're producing good content. So there is something to say for the velocity uh, that Mm -hmm. you're creating that content, especially when starting out. I don't think there's a there's a part of the algorithm it's like, oh, not enough blog posts this month, so you're dying. But right. when you're starting out, by creating a lot of content at once, then you're more likely to get links. You know, you just have more lines in the water to try to attract some links, right? And so that that link velocity I do think is important. So how many pieces of content do you need? Depends what kind of result you, uh, you want and what kind of industry you're in. But those are our kind of barometers. And I would say that, you know, after that point, um, 
you know, the, the publishing routine is just going to vary so much from site to site. If you're in an industry where, you know, the content that you wrote three years ago is 100% relevant today, then, then it's not necessarily about maintaining a publishing routine, um, especially because when it comes to like getting organic traffic, um, you know, if we're not talking about direct traffic, people that just come back to the site every day to see what's new, which is far less common today. If we're talking about organic traffic, that evergreen content that's relevant just for years to come, it's it's all there as if it had been published yesterday, right? Right. And so you don't necessarily need a regular publishing schedule beyond that point, right? If you have 100 posts on a website, you could almost not touch it again for a year and potentially do really well. Um, and that's the case in some of our websites where the content is super evergreen. In other industries, you, you have to put out new content all the time to stay relevant. Anything that's in technology, any kind of news, politics, um, if you even touch on that, it's going to be worthwhile to have a regular publishing routine um, and potentially be putting out a blog post every day, every other day. So it that, that part of it just depends on where you're at. But a lot of the content we create um, is super evergreen. And so we don't even worry so much about the publishing routine after we have enough content on the website to drive the traffic that we want. That's good. Now, obviously, this takes a lot of work. It takes time sure. to produce to, to produce content, right? So it's still going to take quite a bit, which I want to get back to. But first, I want to hear more about this secret sauce you guys are talking about. You got me really intrigued now. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about some of those things. The number one reason that I that we see blogs fail is when they have a failure in the search analysis. Search analysis is what people used to call keyword research. Um, keyword research isn't the right word because it's not as if you have to use a magical set of words anymore on Google like you used to. Google understands the semantic meaning of the words you use. So the, the big failure is just choosing the wrong topics for articles. And after having done so many consultations on sites, um, we can usually tell in about 45 seconds looking at a blog and just scrolling through the titles if this is one that's going to take off or not. Um, and so a few key things that just have to happen right. One, you have to wire your brain right to understand that you have to answer a specific search query. We all remember blogging from five years ago when everybody had a favorite blogger. Today, people don't even know a blogger's name, not even one, right? They're, people don't follow blogs. You go mm -hmm. to an aggregator like Google News and whoever's content shows up there, that's what you read, right? Anyway, um, so back in the day, you used to be able to write something like, um, uh, my wonderful hiking trip up Mount Hood. And that was your blog post. And because you had loyal readers, people would read it. People don't have loyal readers of a blog today. The way you're getting traffic is usually from search. I mean, 80% of our traffic or better is from Google search. And so it has to match a query. So if instead you take the same content and include even the same anecdotes that you had in that post about my wonderful hiking trip to Mount Hood, but instead you change it to 12 tips for hiking Mount Hood, suddenly the people who are searching, you know, where to go hiking on Mount Hood are going to find your blog post um, yeah. or, you know, six 
great hiking routes up Mount Hood, whatever, you get the idea. So the content has to match a specific search query. And so we find awesome con content to write are things that are just the type of things that we would Google. Like if I'm getting a new RV, how much does a, does a camper weigh? Because I want to know if my, t my truck's going to tow it. We're writing like very um, information-focused content. Less of the advice, more of the information is what we're shooting for and where we see the best results. So how do you find those topics? Um, we have tried all the tools, all of them, AHRFs, Moz, all of them, all of them. I mean, we've had accounts everywhere. <laughs> yeah. um, and we use none of them for search analysis. Oh, They're useful right. for other things, but for search analysis, none of them. Uh, the best tool out there is Google. When you type something into Google, like for example, right now, if I type dirt bike, we have a website called dirtbikeplanet.com, one of our many sites. Um, so when I'm wanting to write articles on, on Dirt Bike Planet, our site, and by the way, nobody else will tell you the actual URL of their niche sites. We'll tell you all of them. Uh, so Dirt Bike, um, and I go to something like, oh, Dirt Bike Helmets, I've, I've typed into Google. Now I look at the autocomplete, and I see ex I see exactly what Google thinks is the next thing I'm going to type. You know that auto suggest right under your search? Yeah, so yeah. dirt bike helmets for kids, dirt bike helmets under $100, best dirt bike helmets on Amazon, Fox dirt bike, dirt bike helmets. Because Google is thinking that that's the next word I'm going to type into Google, we're getting like an organized list of what has the most search volume. Google wouldn't put it here if it was a random niche search that it doesn't think other people are going to do. And so people spend so much money on these tools. We look at the data from all those tools and they're just wrong on the search volume. And I don't mean to be like too bold and stuff, but like for years we have taken those tools and we've compared it to our own websites for search terms that we know we're winning. And like, 99 times out of 100, the search volume that the keyword tool gives us that it says, you know, dirt bike helmets for kids, it'll say, oh, that gets 50 searches a month. And then we write the article and it brings in 10,000 searches a month. And we saw this happen. I mean, hundreds of times we have seen that happen. Um, and that's how we're winning. Everybody's using the same tools. And so they all write the same articles the data is wrong on the search volume and all we're using is just vanilla Google auto suggest. And we're finding, I mean, every day we're finding golden keywords that are sending us just huge amounts of traffic and we're not using any tools to do it. Yep. Wow. You just saved everyone a bunch of money, by the way. That's fantastic information. <laughs> Thank you. Now I should add in those can be helpful tools for, you know, looking at links on your website, et cetera. But for search analysis, we don't use them at all. Yep. I need to kind of rewire our brains a little bit instead of getting out of, first off, this is the first thing you're talking about, get out of kind of writing for ourselves, if you will, and an audience that we feel we've already captured and more for a query, a result that's going to come from Google and do this through just using that autofill is the best tool that you guys are recommending out there, which is free. Yep. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for that. So now I want to get back to the content side of things. Creating content takes time, right? I mean, it's, it's not a quick thing to write a good blog post. So you're better off like what you all are talking about is creating content that's good and answers a specific query instead of just 
kind of throwing out a bunch of content and just seeing if it sticks, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's uh, me personally, I, I started that way. Unfortunately, I was like, the more content I get out there, the better. Um, realizing I was thinking uh, quantity over quality, that was hard for me to even say. And it's really more about quality over quantity. So it takes a lot of time to be able to, to write this content. And actually, this kind of brings up a point that I want to talk to you about for a second here, Jim, I know that you've released a book called work energy. Uh, it's about finding what drives people and how to really motivate them. Here's the deal. If you're not passionate about a topic, you really shouldn't be writing about it. Am I right in saying that? And how does that kind of relate to your book? Yeah. So the book actually, if the people who are listening to this podcast, if you're interested in content marketing and creating an internet business, like that's 90% of what is in the book. Um, so the book is about achieving goals, but it's through the lens of creating an online business. So it's kind of going through the, the hard lessons that we have had to learn in creating our business um, and how we started now more than a dozen sites we've started from scratch with no advantages, no existing audience and built them up to success and traffic. Um, and it's just kind of a framework for doing that online with your internet goals, but also just other goals you have in life. I'm, I'm kind of a, a gold nut. I love it. Uh, when I was 15, I made a bucket list of, of 50 goals in life. And uh, I have... I just accomplished number 31, uh, nice. which was uh, seeing a 49ers game in the stadium. But it's I, uh, I've kind of developed a, a really helpful framework for it has been for me to, to discover what motivates me, what makes me tick when I'm working toward a goal. And it's helped me to do some pretty big things in life and knock some things off that list that were just a dream when I was a 15 year old kid. Uh, so work energy is the book. It's available on audible and on Amazon. And, uh, anyway, if anybody's interested in creating an internet business, you're going to, I think you'd really like it because it includes a lot of the behind the scenes information that nobody really shares about how hard it is to do and what finally worked. And, and I think that ties in really, really well to, what you're saying, Alex, about if what you're creating content about doesn't drive you at all, it's going to be a drudgery. It's just going to be awful. Mm -hmm. We did that. Tell them about Soundproof Expert. <laughs> we started this website um, a few years ago. Uh, we just, again, just wanted to start another site and it was soundproofexpert.com. It was about soundproofing. We know a lot about soundproofing. Jim's been podcasting for years um, and, and doing video and stuff. And so we thought, ah, oh, we'll make a soundproofing website. And over the course of several months, like six months, we wrote 11 articles. <laughs> we just, that's it. Just 11. Could, nice not work. Get, could not get ourselves to just sit down and write the content. Because it sucked writing it about soundproofing. Boring. It was so boring. <laughs> Which is interesting because like we've, we've been able to get ourselves to do things we didn't want to do um, by, you know, again, sort of channeling the energy that drives us, like the things we care about. Um and, you know, if you keep your focus on that, you can get yourself to do things that aren't very pleasant. But man, I'll tell you what, like, if I could choose between that and any other project at the time, I was doing another project. Um, so we decided at some point, we were like, you know what, we should do a giveaway of something. Why don't we give away that website? And after several months, it was actually doing pretty well. It, it was, was earning 400 bucks a month on we Amazon. We only wrote 11 yeah. articles. It was doing really well. <laughs> but uh, we're like, we're never going to build this site. So... So we did a YouTube uh, contest and we gave it away. 
um, to one of our YouTube subscribers and he's taken it and I don't know what all he's done with it. It's still out there, uh-huh. um, but he's at but least it making spurred on like money. so many copycats. I would never start <laughs> another website in the soundproofing industry. Yeah. Once we kind of outed that site and stuff on, on our, our YouTube channel is called income school. Yep. And Oh my goodness, that industry is just stacked. They were like a spammy niche. Yeah. We said it was a great, a great topic because you know, like again, 11 articles earning a few hundred bucks a month. Um, uh, and like overnight there were a hundred new soundproofing websites. So <laughs> of um, course you gotta be a nice work guys. That. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, but it's really cool how like we've been able to take things that we are interested in yep. uh, and build sites around it. I mean, uh, my first site was about photography and I built a site about, cause I was interested in that. And I've, I got over 72 million page views to that website over the course of the years that I owned it. Um, you know, then I, bought a boat for my family and I felt guilty about spending that much money. And so I made a website about it and that website earned three times more than I had spent on the boat. And then I uh, sold it. Then I bought a camper, like an RV for my family. So we started a website about that and that site has just gone huge. It's over 300,000 page views a month. It's earned over about $10,000 a month for several years, very passively, even though what was the last time you logged into that website? Uh, it's been a long time. It's months. Yeah. We'll go months without even doing anything on that site. And it just consistently brings in 10 grand a month from the work that we did before. And then we did sites on, on pets and outdoors and so many different things. Um, and once you, so this is something I talk about in the, uh, in the audible book of work energy and in the ebook, whichever kind of version you want to pick up, it's available now. Uh, but it's one thing I talk about is what, I was identifying the 90% actions in whatever you're doing. Like it's so easy to get bogged down when you're creating an internet business in your logo in working on your site, site speed. Well, I've got to do that SEO thing. So oh, I better design. work on a site map. You got to get that design. Like, <laughs> you know how many oh, sites we have thing. with like hundreds of thousands of page views with no site map. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like there's just so many things that you can just immerse yourself in. And so often we see people who have been working on a content business for years and it's just not going anywhere because they're distracted by the minutia. And so identifying just what we call the 90% actions, uh, just what is the one thing if I do that over and over every single day, I put everything aside for one hour that I'm going to get to success. And for blogging, it's, well, first of all, you've got to do some some initial work to just understand how to write a, a post that works for SEO, set up your site in the right way. There are a lot of little things you can mess up. But once you get the, that initial thing, put everything else aside, every optimization, every affiliate program you could sign up for, every distraction, and just write for one hour each day and press the publish button before you stand up. And the people who do that win. Almost every time they win. I love that. You know, it actually reminds me of something that, that Jim, you said in a video once I heard, you said there's no silver bullets any longer. Uh, the goal is to create a website so helpful that people can't ignore it. Yeah. Yes. And, and it, it, the anymore is important there. It didn't always used to be this way. There mm-hmm. used to be silver bullets in internet marketing. <laughs> there was a time a few years ago where Pinterest for um, you could put up your pin and then in the description, you would just repeat your keyword like 40 times 
and 100 times out of 100, you would shoot to number one. <laughs> it was the, the good coolest old days. thing ever. <laughs> yeah. So I would make a post on, you know, portrait photography tips, and I would pin it one time on Pinterest and just write portrait photography, portrait photography, portrait photography in my description. Bang, number one within an hour, right? <laughs> it used to be like that online. Yeah. But it's too advanced now. There aren't silver bullets anymore. If you're going to win, you're going to win with awesome content that you consistently produce. And any of the silver bullets that people talk about out there, every silver bullet that it just comes with immense risk because these systems are so smart. You will eventually get caught. If you're trying to trip your way through Google's algorithm, you will get caught. And when you get caught, all the work you've done is worthless. So. Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, those days actually, to me, thankfully are gone. You know, it was nice for us for a little bit. I was one of those guys who was able to capitalize a little bit on that as well. However, man, if it's really what we're saying it's about, which is adding value to other people, that's not adding value to anybody. The, yep. the way things are now is far more focused on getting the best content in front of people. And I think that as long as we have that mindset, let's not try to create a silver bullet or some sort of workaround. Let's just do the best we can for people every single day. Like you're saying, spend that one hour a day and post it. If you're really focused on adding value to people's lives, someone is going to see that and notice that you're trying to help them. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Uh, and so really the the tips and the optimizations that we find, the things that we can help people with the most are really just fundamentals, but that we can find clever ways to, uh, to, uh, to go about. I've been in a point, like many of the listeners, where we kind of feel hopeless in this monetization journey or even traffic building journey, if you will. Our websites aren't growing, even though we're putting 110% into it. We're doing everything we possibly can, but just doesn't seem to be yielding any results for us. And honestly, that, that's a, that feeling sucks. Like it's discouraging. And I just want to hear what you guys would encourage the creating a brand listener with today. If that's kind of the place where they're at right now. Yeah. So I, I started that first photography blog and it had done well, uh, for a while, for a long while. And I was new at this though. Um, and I, I had looking back, I'd made some dumb mistakes in my business, uh, but I was doing the best I could. I was new at it. And the numbers just kept going down. I mean, we were doing 40,000 a month and 20, then 15. And I had employees and stuff and it was not looking good. Um, and eventually the day came that I had to let everybody go. And so I was, I was uh, left in this office, um, this old musty office uh, sitting there um, just like, what's happening? Uh, like, I, where did my business go? And how did this happen? Um, and I started listening to podcasts on the way to work and just not sure what I should do. And I uh, listened to a podcast about a guy doing, uh, using paid ads, actually, um, years ago, and doing kind of these bundle flash sales on Black Friday, which is right after Thanksgiving in the United States. Those in the uh, international customers are like, what's that? Um, anyway, it's a big shopping day for us, right? And so I decided, right. okay, I'm going to put together a bundle of different photography uh, courses and uh presets and ebook and just everything I got, I'm putting it in this bundle and I'm going to slash it down to just a stupid low price. Like if you bought all the digital products separately, it was like $2,000 normally. And I've dropped it down to 40 bucks in this bundle one day only. Right. And (laughs) I was just like, all right, if we're going to go down, we're going to go down in flames. Right. (laughs) And so I uh, prepared for this launch and I got all my ads ready, YouTube videos, email list, everything. Um, And this business that I was 
I was legitimately terrified. I like, I did not know what I was going to do. It was just plummeting. Um, and I just, my back was against the wall and I started shoving things. Um, and that sale came up, uh, and we did $250,000 in less than a week. My um, goodness. And it just, uh, <laughs> it just, my jaw hits the floor. I could barely breathe for a week after that. Um, but it's, Sometimes when things look terrible uh, with an online business, you've been writing content for months and just nothing is taking off. You're still just a couple decisions away from making it blow up again. Um, and online where the reach is literally planet Earth, I mean, just everyone with an internet connection, your business can go so big but it feels so hard when you're in a ghost town. And so I guess my encouragement is just know the next success is right around the corner and you might have to go through five, uh, five problems and dips and downtimes and feel really discouraged. But to the people who keep on shoving, there's always another opportunity. What I would say, there's just a, so much fear, so much uncertainty, so much doubt. Um, and it's the ones who can push through it and see, you know, keep their head clear and, and just look for the opportunities going forward and who keep working at it. Those are the ones who succeed. It's so true. I wanted you both to answer that question because I knew just from watching your videos and produce, like going through some of your content that you guys were going to answer it very different. So I think it, it's really great because it hits two different audiences, two different listeners really are going to relate differently with those two points of encouragement that you guys brought. So thank you so much for answering that. And guys, this was a super fun conversation today. I really enjoyed this. It was action-packed you guys shared a lot of wisdom so thank you so much for uh being on the podcast ricky and jim really appreciate what you guys are doing looking forward to keeping up with it i mentioned this at the beginning of the episode but i love jim and ricky's passion and desire to help others succeed and the realistic approach they take to actually monetizing a website and bringing in an income. They shared so much helpful information during this episode. In fact, I talked to them for another 10 minutes afterwards about YouTube. Believe it or not, they are crushing the YouTube game and teaching people how to monetize their channels. It's incredibly helpful information. They let me record 10 minutes of completely exclusive content they have not shared with anybody else about how they're making money on their YouTube channels. And they have quite a few of them they're doing really well with them so it's another 10 minute interview that i'm going to share exclusively with the creating a brand community so if you are not a member of the creating a brand community now is the time to join to get this exclusive interview with jim and ricky jim and ricky thank you so much for being a guest today and sharing your experience about building websites that make money and also just being so inspirational it was very helpful for me personally today and i know that many of the listeners are going to say the same thing if you would like show notes from today's episode including a link to jim's book please visit creating a brand thank you again for listening and I'll be back with you next week.